Welcome to the Broken Pie Trout Podcast, episode 186. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and this week we're asking, did we just have an inflation head fake? Inflation came in higher than estimated, and what does that mean for Fed funds? What does that mean for inflation getting back down to 2%? So basically last week, the August CPI came out, and CPI is, of course, headline CPI, which is everything, and then it also includes uh, core CPI. Now, headline was up 0.1% month over month, and that's just simply taking last month's value and comparing it to this month's value and looking at the change. It was expected to be negative 0.1%. It was up 0.1%. By the way, the market didn't like that, reacted pretty negatively. Is that an overreaction? I mean, is that that much of a difference? Um, and I also say that I watched the Inflation Nowcast, which is a different forecast put out by the Cleveland Fed. And that one was higher. Uh, it was really more on the money, so to speak, than the quote-unquote experts. Core, though, came in uh, hotter than expected, 0.6% increase month over month. Core is without food and energy. And the expectation was plus 0.3%. So what does this mean? What does it mean for inflation going forward? Uh, by the way, I mentioned the Cleveland Fed nowcast. And a nowcast just estimates or forecast of the present. And pretty much what it is, it's like based on all the information that you have right now, right now, like what is it? And that's going to change as you get closer and closer to the end of the month and closer to the release of, you know, September's numbers will come out in October. But September right now is forecasted CPI of 0.33 plus increase month over month, uh, core CPI month over month, 0.51% increase. And that would put year-over-year year at 8.21 and 6.64% respectively. So did anything really change? And what does it mean for interest rates? Well, interest rates were expected to top out at 3.9%. When I say interest rates, I mean the Fed funds rate, what the Fed raises and lowers. After the release last week, now there's pretty much a 68% probability. Uh, well, it's it's higher than that. Um, it's uh, let's just let me just give you the numbers here. Pretty much an 85% probability that uh, we're going to be higher than four at four and a quarter or higher by next March, April, May time period. And like I said, it was previously 3.9. There is a 34.3% probability the Fed funds rate will be 425 to five uh, to 450, which of course is four and a quarter percent to four and a half percent, and a 34% probability it will be four and a half to four and three quarters, a 14% probability four and three quarters to five percent. So that's higher than it was last week, even before the numbers came out. That's going to change. It goes up and down just like it did week over week. But the market is expecting now the Fed to raise rates more than they had previously. All right. So you hear a lot of this stuff 
and you hear about, okay, year over year, month over month, and when the Fed can get back to, or when inflation can get back down to the Fed's quote unquote 2% target. And so I did some, some math on this. And, you know, the other thing I'll mention as well is that, so with core CPI, a big component of core, and in fact, a big component of uh, CPI in general, is shelter. And shelter is broken out into owner's equivalent rent and rents. And rents are like you think. It's people renting apartments, condos, houses, that type of stuff. Owner's equivalent rent pretty much says, you know, it, and by the way, a lot of these are surveys. They survey people and they have a uh, kind of a big sample size. But they survey homeowners and they say, you know, if you were going to rent out your, your house, what would you rent it for? And that's the owner's equivalent rent. And some people say, well, wait a second. What, why would they do that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, they used to look at home prices. In fact, if inflation was calculated like it was in the 70s, I haven't done the numbers or seen any analysis on this, but I think inflation would be as high or or uh, I don't know if it would be as high, but it'd be it'd be more comparable because they were looking at home price increases. But the economist said, wait a second, if you own your home and if a good percentage of people own their homes, they don't have to move. So they don't have to rebuy their house at a higher price. They just have to maintain the house. And that maintenance cost of all things is going to be picked up in the CPI itself. So that's why they changed, uh, you know, to this other way of going about it. But the thing is, and there's been some some academic literature on this, some research that I've uh, I think I've gone over in the past. It does talk about how rents and owners equivalent rent, or OER, for short, is lagging a little bit. And the reason why that is is simply that you know, not everyone needs to move. And so the people that are in the sample, let's say, of, of renters, they may already have been in a lease. They might have been in a year lease or a two-year lease. Who, who knows? And they might have been locked in at the old prices before this, this run-up after, uh, you know, 2021 and, and into, uh, you know, 220, I guess second half of 220 into, uh, you know, kind of January March, April of, uh, of 22. And so it does take time to get fresh people or new people into the survey who have actually signed a contract recently. And that's why, you know, a lot of people say, well, how is it that rents only went up 0.7% last month when I know that if I look on Zillow year over year, it's up like 15 or 18%. Remember what you see on Zillow is not people who have been in a home renting under the same lease for a year or two years. Those are listings, okay? So anyway, um, one of the things that I've been watching, and I, I think uh, these numbers do lag, and that's one of the reasons why we've seen core CPI flip and is now running higher than CPI. And the reason why that is is because you have this lag effect where it takes time for the higher prices to get reflected in these surveys the way that it's done. So it's just, it's something to, to keep in mind, uh, rents and owner's equivalent rent or OER, 
Those were both plus 0.7% month over month. And, you know, those, um, who knows? I mean, we, we may see those continue to rise for a little bit. But some of this just gets down to math, okay? And so what I did was I wanted to give you an idea. And and by the way, I know some of you are saying, well, what's the market going to do if, if inflation's higher than expected? I mean, look, I, those of you who listen to this program know big proponent of buying and hedging, being hedged, having buffers. And if you want information on that, you know, do reach out to me, Derek.more at zegafinancial.com. That's D-E-R-E-K dot M-O-O-R-E at Z is in zebra, E is in Eddie, G is in George, A is in Apple. Financials up to you to spell correctly. And just send me emails, by the way, if you want to have a topic covered in one of these episodes in the future. You want to see how we put portfolios together and manage risk. Okay. So I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but time staying invested, time in the market really does matter. And I like the idea of having downside protection. But back to the, the CPI discussion. So what I did was I said, okay, everyone's kind of focused on, you know, we just had 8.3% year over year and we had 0.1% month over month. And based upon some numbers, I said, well, okay, I know, and I'll give you a number here, 295.620. That's what the CPI index, the proverbial, all the stuff that's weighted at different weights, all the stuff, goods and services, it's priced as an index in sort of a basket. Imagine you had this shopping basket walking around the store. And you had everything from soup to, well, nuts are in there too, and uh, gasoline and you know, men's suits, women's hats, uh, washing machines, the whole bit, right? So, okay, so 295.620 was the index um, last month. And one of the things you have to understand is, you know, September numbers are going to come out in October. And the September of 21 CPI was 274.214. So to be at 8% or higher, the index has to get to 296.1511 to have an 8% year-over-year you know, numbers. Okay. So what I did was I said, okay, how long would it take for year over year inflation get back down around 2%? So I'll call it, you know, two, two and a half percent, somewhere around there. And so what I did was I said, imagine if the print we just had, we don't go up at all month over month for the next 12 months. Okay. So if that happened, when I, next month, 0% month over month, we'd be at 7.8% positive, you know, plus 7.8% year over year inflation. And then if we kept not going up or down, just not going up, it wouldn't be until April of 23, so April of next year, and we'd be at a positive 2.4% year over year inflation rate. In May, it would be plus 1.4%. Okay. So... What if we go up 0.1%, all right? At what point would we be at 2.5% or below? May of 23 would be at plus 2.3%. And the following month, June of 23 would be at plus 1.1%. So sort of pushing back. 
And then what if we went up 0.2%? Well, we wouldn't get down to, we'd get down to 2.1% in June of 23. And then we'd actually start to go back up a little bit because you have that compounding. And the same thing works at a 0.3% month over month, 0.4% month over month, 0.5% month over month, where just because how the numbers work, always looking back a year, when you look uh, June of 23, we'd get to, uh, you know, plus 2.1%. I said, you know, that was 0.2%. But then we get plus 3.1%. That's the lowest we'd go at, you know, 0.3% year over year or month over month. And so I guess what I'm saying is that you have to, over the next 12 months, or let's say between now and May or June, you have to be averaging 0.2% month over month or less to get back down to you know that 2% level. All right, I hope that makes sense. And then I took a look at core and I said, you know, core of the expectation for September, I told you that uh, was about you know half a percent. If we keep going up half a percent month over month, the way the numbers work, uh, you pretty much stay, you know, six and a half ish percent year over year. And so, you know, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you see those numbers, you see that number and you're always thinking, okay, well, they say, well, if if inflation gets back down to 2%, that's back at the Fed's target and they'll stop raising rates. At least that's what a lot of people's perception is. We don't know whether they'll stop if they see meaningful you know, declines where it's edging back to that that uh, 2% target. So what I mean by that is, you know, if we're at 5% and 4% year over year, 3% year over year, like are they still raising or they they keep raising until, uh, you know, you get to that that 2% level? We don't know. We don't know what what's in their head. Uh, I am watching, though, the core CPI because, again, it takes some time for rents and owners' equivalent rent to come through because you've got to capture enough people who have either rented recently after the uh, the rise in, in rents, or I think mortgage rates are going to have an impact on owner's equivalent rent, which is my opinion. Could be wrong. I always am wrong. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm always wrong. I'm wrong a lot, right? As we all are. Watch any prognosticator on CNBC, and most of the times people are wrong. But I think a lot of, you know, my guess is that as people who have bought a home and are buying them at 6%, interest rates are, you know, if they were going to rent out their home, they'd want to cover that, that higher payment. So just kind of some, some things to, uh, to keep in mind. Interest rates are so important, not only for the bond market, but also for the equity market. And so if you're doing valuation, and use what's called the discount rate. The discount rate may be, you know, some people use the three-month treasury. Some people use the 10-year treasury if they're doing longer-term forecasting, although that's not really risk-free because if rates go up, the value of that bond will come down. So staying on the on the front end of the curve, that one-month, let's say, treasury or three-month treasury, as the Fed funds rate goes up, that impacts those rates. And so your discount rates go up. The value of future earnings pulled forward to the present goes down. And so that does impact 
equity markets. And of course, bonds are having a historic uh, bear market right now. And, you know, we're taught on price, the U.S. aggregate bond index is down 20% from its, its highs in 2020. Total return, it's not there yet. It's probably down, I don't know, 15, 16% from its, uh, its highs. I'd have to run the numbers. This year alone, the U.S. aggregate bond index was down, you know, roughly a little over 12%. But it's, it's the U.S. aggregate bonds. It's uh, even TIPS bonds. You know, tips might would have been one of the obvious plays for a lot of people if they thought inflation was going to go up. But tips have interest rate risk. And so tips this year are down. If I look at TIP, which is uh, an ETF, it's down almost 10%. And the reason why that is is because it has interest rate risk. Its interest rates have gone up. Even though it's got an increase from inflation, the hit from the, the change in the rates has overtaken that. So just it's interest rates are important. And the reason why there's so much emphasis on this inflation is that it goes to where the Fed will stop. Where where will they stop raising rates? What's their terminal Fed funds rate? Meaning where are they going to get to and stop? And what the futures market tells us for the Fed funds is that uh, over a week ago it was 39 now it's more like 4.4%, 4.5%, 4.2%, something like that. And so the market took that information in and made a, a readjustment. So I did an episode last week where I talked about markets in general on the positive side tend to do well after midterm elections. And markets tend to do well after uh, you know in the year three of a presidential cycle. I mean, the president's three years. I'll link to that in the show notes. We just don't, we don't know what's going to happen with markets. But I um, always remember 1994-95. And what I remember about that time was the Fed was aggressive in raising rates. We didn't really have the inflation that we have now. But the thing I remember was it was probably, I don't know, March, April-ish of 95. The Fed had raised 94, and then they, they rose through the, the very beginning part of 95. And after the market knew the Fed was done, that's when it seemed to, to take off. Of course, earnings have to stay up. You know, we can't have a, an earnings recession. But, you know, if earnings are strong and the Fed gets where it goes, uh, one might argue that, you know, that's, that's a nice launching point. And look, the Fed funds right now is uh, 225 to 250. So they've got to, uh, if they're going to get to, to, you know, another 200 basis points, they're going to do what they do. So I just wanted to go through this because I'm, I had a lot of questions recently about what would it take for inflation to get back down to the 2% level? And this is just numbers. And the Fed calls this base effects, meaning as you start to compare next month versus the month, the same month in 21 or March of 23 against March of 22, you're comparing against higher and higher CPI numbers. So the math, it it becomes more difficult to to get to you know eight, nine, ten percent year over year. That said, I mean I guess the the wild card is is energy, and we know energy prices have come down, gasoline prices have come down. That was reflected in the CPI. So who knows what's going to happen with that? But if those were to to start 
up again, uh, then you would see certainly a month over month an increase in, in the CPI. So hopefully this, this is helpful. Do send me emails and I like getting emails. Let me know how you like the uh, the podcast. Any suggestions on topics? And of course, if you want to have more information about what we do and how we manage risk in your portfolios. All right, folks, uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.